1: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to KFS Study Hall. My name is Sean for W, and thank you for joining me today. And yesterday we won, but at what cost? You see the title of today's space, it's called Shouldering the Load, because as we all saw, if you're watching the game last night, in our glorious victory over the Miami Heat, a lot to a little, uh, Julius Randle, late in the game, dislocated his shoulder, and uh, fell on the shoulder awkwardly, ran off, uh, couldn't even come back in to shoot the, to shoot the free throws. Um, turns out he has a dislocated shoulder, and the time frame for that is just a few weeks. There's actually a tweet from New York Basketball. I'm going to see if I can find it. Live well, producing and nothing like it. Um, that talks about when Steph... Steph Curry dislocated his shoulder how much time he missed. I think it was New York basketball, but I'll find it. Um, Let me see if I can find this here. Eh, Well, I'll keep looking for it. In the meantime, um, in the meantime, so he'll probably be out a few, I think it was like 10 games. I don't think we're going to see Julius Randle to the All-Star break, which is all right. I mean, it's not ideal, but you know, that's I don't think they're going to I don't think they're going to rush him back at all. Um, so we'd love to hear everyone's thoughts. Um, if you want to have any thoughts about the game last night and this week and how to look going forward, if you want to discuss uh, Jalen Brunson, all star snubs, starter snubs, if you want to discuss how far can this team go second round conference finals finals, the floor is the floor is absolutely open. You want to discuss Candace Parker? We can, within reason, obviously. We're not going to go stupid. And I have some thoughts on Ms. Parker's comments about, regarding Jalen Brunson. Um, but I first, I will yield the floor to uh, Mr. Robert Cross, who, again, is such a, such a big supporter of KFS and wakes up at the crack of dawn. Well, at the crack of dawn. We'll join the space at 8 a.m. Pacific um, to accommodate my schedule. Uh, oh, and by the way, this space is going one hour because I have stuff to do and it is Championship Sunday and I need to prepare. So with that being said, Mr. Cross, good morning. How are you? Good
2: morning, Sean. So it's good to talk to you. you hyped for your game? you going to win?
1: Wait, well, I missed that last part. You I said, said hey, you are, you
2: hu- are you hyped for your game? Baltimore going to win tonight? I'm...
1: I, I'm I am cautiously optimistic. This is this is football. This is sports, so anything can happen. But as I told people yesterday, I think we will and of course by the time people are listening to this, the game will already have en- ended, if you're listening to this on a podcast. So my prediction is we will win by twenty or lose by three. All right. Well,
2: I hope it's win by twenty for you. Um next basketball, so I don't know what to say about the Julius piece and we don't know injuries a part of the game and not going to speculate on that. So I'm going to talk outside of that particular piece. I've got to give a lot of credit to Leon Rose and Tibbs. Uh, They had a plan. And when I think about basketball, I think a lot about an orchestra You know, the players are instruments and the front office has an arrangement and the conductor is the coach. And I think what we've seen here is uh, OG was the missing piece. It's just made such a tremendous impact. And I I think it's also related to that. We we don't have a 1A. We have a 1 in Jalen Brunson. And Having OG play with Brunson, I just think, is a real dynamic pairing. They can't break up the starting five. Again, I'm going to act as though Julius, stuff with Miami didn't happen yesterday. Stuff always happens with Miami. I wonder why. Um, but I think we don't need to break up the starting five. I think the, the Knicks are a legitimate, legitimate title contender now. Um, everybody has a role, um, high on Miles McBride. So those are the positive things. Now, in his absence, presuming it's a month, I'll guess it's a month. Anything worse than that is probably not good news. I think there's this, um... Let OG spread his wings, take on a bigger role, which will be interesting to see. And I have some optimism that Quentin Grimes can show himself during this period. So those are two things that I'm looking for um, in the next month. But a lot of good basketball. Team is well positioned. If you've been a fan for the Knicks for a short amount of time or a long amount of time, This is about as well-positioned the Knicks were since the early 90s, I feel like. I mean, they're very well set up, good cap situation, Uh, picks in the cupboard, Uh, superstar in Jalen Brunson, a very unique, vital player, and OG Ananobi. And uh, yeah, let's hope uh, Julius gets on the mend again. It's really hard to say with these things, so I'm not gonna <clears throat> wonder uh when he's gonna come back or not. So those are my initial thoughts, Sean. What do you think? I don't wanna give it to Kevin, because if Kevin starts going. Oh
3: man. <laughs> <laughs> oh Robert, I have a you I have a lot of smoke for you. I have a lot oh, of smoke. Oh here he for comes.
2: <laughs> here he comes.
1: Well
3: <laughs> uh, All right, before we get
1: to the smoke, um Two things that you said uh, remind uh, you. Two something you said uh, reminded me of two things. Uh, before I get to that, um, shout out to everyone in the room. Um, if you have a comment and you don't want, you are not able to, or don't feel comfortable coming on stage to share it, um, you can leave it. You can leave us a chat. There's a little. Uh, chat bubble in the lower right hand corner. We will post your question or your comment on the jumbotron, and if and if it's a, we will address your comment or answer your question. Uh, so this won't get that the way. Second, so funny talk about Quentin Grimes because uh, I was I was at the game yesterday with my good friend Cedric Shine, and I was telling him that we during during the play during the casual Thursday playback with Mints and XJ. I believe Mensa had posed the question, who is the (sighs) second most important Nick? And, um, Robert, can you go on mute so we don't have to hear you breathe? I appreciate that. No, it's the wind.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I can go on mute.
1: It's the wind. (laughs) Oh, okay. Thank you, sir. Um, And he asked, who was the most important player? And, honestly, the first player that came to mind for me was Isaiah Hartenstein. Because I was like, because when we lost Mitch, I thought we were screwed. Um, and he has steadied the, he steadied the ship in a way like beyond my wildest imaginations. But as I was watching the game yesterday, the thought that came to my, and I was telling Cedric this, I was like, there is a good argument for Dante DiVincenzo, because if he, if, if, if we don't have Dante and Quentin Grimes was still on his. Ups and downs. We might be in, tr- and he was still in the starting lineup. We might be in trouble. So, I want to give a shout to Dante's Evenchenco because he has he gave us what we he gave us what we needed. And to and to your point, uh, Robert, first starting five. Yes, the start, but four spacer that knows where to be, knows how to move, knows how to move off of Julius and 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 Jalen, like. It, he, he his presence is so is so vital. In terms of where we are, you said we're a fi- championship contender. Maybe it's just I'm a slave for history, but I just don't see, like that means we're beating one of Boston. Well, we're beating Boston, and then on the other, and then we're beating probably Denver or L.A., the Clippers, not the Lakers. Lakers stick.
2: Well, I said contender, um, right? So are the Knicks yes. – let me ask you this. Are the Knicks a top five team in basketball right now?
1: In basketball?
2: Whew. In the NBA. Yeah. Oh, let's see. If they're, yes. if they're a top five team, they're a championship contender, from my vantage point, by definition.
1: Hmm. Are the Knicks on the five best – all right are the Knicks on the five best teams in the league? Are they – okay. They're not – okay. You know what? It comes down to me is like if you think they're better than if – if the Clippers are better, that's fine. Boston is better, that's fine. Are they better than OKC, Minnesota, and Philly? That's what it comes down to. And I And I will listen to anyone that says they're better than Philly – I do listen to anyone who says we're better than Minnesota because Minnesota is Minnesota is unserious. OKC is like, hmm, that would be interesting. While I think about that, um, Kevin Daniszewski, you have smoke and other comments. Please be respectful, but the floor is yours. You know, I can never not be respectful to Mr. Robert Cross.
3: Robert Cross is seriously one of my favorite humans alive and um. I always tell people that. I think la- last year I did an in-person KFS event. I um, got a comment from someone where they were like, oh, like, you know, Robert is really, like, annoying you. Like, you should, you should do something. I'm like, I grew up, you know, in a Jewish family. And, like, not to, like, go on, like, not to, like, perpetuate stereotypes or anything, but, like, my friends will know how to carry a bit out. And I know that, ra- what that... Seventy-five percent of what Robert Cross is saying is not entirely serious, and the twenty-five percent when Robert when Robert Cross is is uh, is is being serious is very heartfelt and very uh, sincere. And I seriously want to point that out before um, before giving him my fake smoke. Um, and my, my fake smoke for Robert Cross is that. A month ago, I was saying all of these things. I was saying, "Hey, get look who has all of the picks in the in the in, in the in the, uh, the cupboard. Look who has all of the. Uh, we we still have all of our assets. We just got a premier wing, and all I got was sad faces. Uh, we we lost Star J Barrett." We lost, and I love Emmanuel quickly, but like we lost we lost him, and this is terrible. What is fire Leon, fire Tibbs, blah, blah, blah. And then now, a month later, we're like, can we win the championship? And by the way, I was going to emphasize this before the Julius injury. I hear you, Sean, and your skepticism is warranted, and I think it's fair, but... John alluded to this on the Denver post game. This is, I started as a Knicks fan when I was six. So, and I'm a 96 baby. So, the 02 03 season. And this is the first time, and this includes 12 13, this includes last year, that I think this team as constituted, if depending on whether Randall is healthy, and I want to get to that in a second can win the championship that doesn't mean that i think they will win the championship that doesn't mean that i think they're favorites to win the championship but i do believe that if things bounce the right way they can win the championship and other than maybe like oh wow we you know we're going into a second round series with miami and then oh and then if we beat that and we're the favorites there no and, and and then like maybe like that moment last year where it was like hey like i don't know um but I still feel that this is like the most the most confident that I am in this particular iteration to win the championship and by the way, I want to push back on like oh this notion that like oh if we don't make the conference finals the season is a, is a failure yes I want to make the conference finals and I think this team should be aiming for the conference finals but as Robert smartly just alluded to we still have all of our picks in the cupboard we still have all of our assets. assets to play with so if we don't win the championship we can go out and get someone who will help us do that and that's i'm really excited and i I, i'm super excited about this era of knicks basketball got leon rose has done a wonderful job now i to the julius injury i got a lot of heat last night in the post game and maybe deservedly so because maybe i should have been more sensitive and maybe i should have focused more uh and first and foremost you know I hope Julius is all right. and Julius is one of my. I think Julius is a top five favorite nick for me ever. I would need to think about that more, but I really, I I feel like I've the reason maybe I'm not just I'm not like like. Totally, right now, and and I'm about to say what I'm about to say is I think I've perpetually appreciated Julius. I think like since really the start, the start of last, when he got going last year, and then I look up and he's an all star, and then like even at the beginning of this year, it was like okay, like he's coming off of ankle surgery. And when people were freaking out, and when people were like, "Oh, RJ is actually the second option on this team," which I know some of some people in the chat were uh, were saying, it was like cool, uh, cool down. And I always was consistent on I RJ. If if you are an RJ Barrett fan, and and he ends up having a similar career to Julius Randle, which is a two time All Star, two time All NBA, maybe maybe a, a three time uh, All Star, probably not going to be a three time All NBA with this injury, unfortunately. Um, you have to take it, and um, and, but looking at the numbers, I noticed yesterday that at the point where Miami came back, and this was not really Julius's fault, but Julius was in the game and. OG and Jalen were out, and they had even started to make the run when Jalen was in, and that was because nobody could guard Jimmy Butler. And then immediately, upon inserting OG back into the game and Jalen, they go on a a, a, a huge run. And it ends up being a set, getting out, I believe, I believe largely was twenty, um, and run and running away with the game. And then I during the middle of that run. I looked up Jalen Brunson and O.J. Ananobi on the floor and Julius Randle off the floor. And those numbers were pretty absurd. And I made a comment before the before the Randle injury stipulating that I think that in, in, in a star trade, whether that's Mikhail Bridges, which I understand is probably not because it's a don't trade with each other, but he is still like, my ideal wet dream and then or um, this summer they might want to think about Randall being the guy to go out just because the Julius the Jalen OG combination worked so well together with Randall off the floor and then uh, Randall got injured but then I was still thinking about it and then that's sort of what led to kind of messy post game comments that John was very upset about but I do want to say that I am hopeful for these uh, minus Julius minutes. I will miss Julius, of course, but uh, I really think that they need to go out and get the creator um, like right away. Um, I think that you—they cannot wait till the deadline to make this. One. Maybe they can They may. Maybe they can wait till like they can let the Charlotte game pass. But I, I don't think you can go much longer with that without really exhausting Jalen. Um so yeah I'm, I'm I'm still excited about this team and I hope we get good news on the MRI.
1: Thank you Kevin.
4: What's up, Knicks fans? Quick break to tell you about our new sponsor, Prize Picks. Not only are they the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America, but they're also the easiest and most exciting way to play. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, it's just you against the numbers, picking more than or less than on a two to six player stat projection. With the NBA season more than midway through and the NFL season with just three games left, now is as good a time as any to pick combo projections across sports from the specials league. For example, on any given night, take Jalen Brunson over in points, Julius Randle over in rebounds, or OG Ananobi over in steals. Then combine it with two NFL props, like Patrick Mahomes over in passing yards, or Christian McCaffrey over in touchdowns. Prize Picks is a really simple way to play. Prize offers weekly promotions that can lead to big payouts. Like on Taco Tuesday each Tuesday, Prize Picks discounts select player projections up to 25% to provide even more value. Prize Picks now offers Apple Pay for quick and easy deposits into your account all basketball season. You know what to do. Go to prizepickscom slash KFS and use code KFS for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, that's prizepickscom slash KFS and use code KFS for a first deposit match up to $100.
1: PrizePix. It's daily fantasy sports made easy. That run that they went on, it was very annoying. Um, and you, to your point, you're right. Like Jimmy just went full Jimmy um, uh, in the KFS faculty chat. Um, what's this guy's name? Uh, why am I blank? Andrew Claudio. Before the game, he was like, "I'm scared." If you if you heard the pregame pod, he was kept with Giancarlo Navas. And by the way. That the pregame pod, well, one all the peak the pregame pods are amazing, but the ones with Gian- Giancarlo Navas from Miami Heat beat those are the those are my favorites, um because it is the perfect balance of like antagonism and friendship, rivalry, wittiness, but they also both of them know basketball is very good basketball conversation. So during that game, I mean during that pregame show. Andrew was doing the whole. Oh, I'm scared of the Heat. The Heat of the boogeyman. If they were four and forty, I'd still be scared of them. And I was just saying to myself, "Fuck the Heat." Like I and listen, Kevin, you you were one year. You were you said you were born '96. You were a year old when Charlie Ward... when P.J. Brown. uh please don't bring. War please, War don't bring please don't bring that up. Please don't bring it up. And that and th- from know, from, that day, from that day, from that day. It has been F the Miami Heat forever. When people say things like rent-free and this that a third and go why back, you wearing a t shirt.
3: Go back to Riley getting hired by them.
1: Or, or, Riley, I, Riley. See, okay, when Riley I didn't bother me because I didn't think he was building a not a dynasty, but like this sustainable whatever he was building. But we were like, that was when it was like it's on site for them. So um so I understand why many Knicks fans may have shared Andrew's sentiments. But at the same time, I'm like, you know what? F them. And listen, XJ's been saying it all year. That Miami team isn't good. The numbers say this team isn't good. But, everyone's. But you know, Bill Simmons and all these other people like, I don't I believe it. I believe it when I see it. I'm not, not giving up on the heat. No, there's a boogeyman. They'll say Candyman three times. I, like, I don't care. Screw these guys. Screw them. Screw them. Right? So now with that being said, when, they, when Jimmy – and 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 the reason I brought up the pros game show, pregame pod, is that – um, and honestly, if you haven't listened to it, you can go listen to it. It still – it holds up even today. Like, you could probably listen to that a week later. They're just talking about the state of the two teams. And John Collar was saying that Jimmy's really, like, hasn't cared. And Jimmy's like, he can't tell if it's Jimmy's just picking his spots or if he's just, like – he may be, like, slightly – on the wash side, and it looked like Jimmy like waited until the third quarter against a bench lineup and started doing Jimmy things. Yeah, speaking about your. Sorry, yeah, go, sorry, ahead. Sorry. go ahead, Robert.
2: No, I was gonna say, did anyone see Bam up out of bio yesterday? Because I didn't see him.
1: <laughs> yeah, he had a couple shots, and he had a couple. He had he had a couple of um, he had a couple alley oop dunks, and he had a couple shots. But was, to your point, like that
3: one bit, like they couldn't guard Bam was
1: annoying. Uh, actually, in the first quarter. It, it, he just kept getting, you know, slipping screens and whatever. It was annoying, but um, yeah, but like to your point, Kevin, like it was just annoying that like I figured out the lineup was, but the juice on the floor and a lot of bench guys and just couldn't do anything. And then as soon as OG came back in the game, it was and Jalen that that just righted his shit because we were up, I think, 13 and then they cut the and then they tied the game and that we want like a nine or 10 or run. I actually, I, I'll look it up. Um, and we took it away so I can understand why people would feel like, okay, championship contender. Um, I think the heat are mid. And so I don't know if being the heat makes championship contender, um, beating them bloody. Absolutely. Hell. We just waxed but, Denver. I mean, and granted it was like we did four, and four and five or, or whatever. We did, just, we did just wax Denver. That is factually correct. Um,
2: I mean, it's just, I mean, Sean, I think part of it is that, you know, it's a starting five and it's the fit and, and Kevin, to your point, like, and this is something me and John were talking about for years, right? (laughs) So I wanted the Knicks to play a different music because I believe in RJ and IQ. And that's a, that's a different thing that's going to play out over time. So I'll I'll ignore that for the time being, The, the Knicks fit well. You know that that starting five fits very very well. Um, do we need a secondary creator? Obviously, that would be ideal. Would I f- screw up the starting five to get that second? You know, to get that piece, I would not. I would not do that.
3: Yeah, for once I agree with you. Um, I think that I would. I've been I've been on the Malcolm Brogdon train for a little bit, and like I also proposed this deal where I don't you'd have to go with I feel like unfortunately I know Grimes had a really good game yesterday I feel like he has one foot out the door and he's either going to go out this summer or this year because I don't think they're going to pay they're going to pay him but if I was wondering about a three team where we met both Brown and Burks and because I think both would be comfortable Playing off the bench, and then Brown has the amenable contract. And, um, and yeah, I was, I, I, I kind of wondered if, uh, I, I proposed that in the Fred Katz thing yesterday. I wonder, I hope he goes over it because I was wondering about that. <clears throat> hey,
2: Sean, do you want Brown here? Bruce Brown? Yeah.
1: Absolutely not.
3: Thank well, you. Sean, Thank you. you, you. That Thank you. Getting Alec Burke, I feel like it would. I feel like you would kind of shore up the the holes that Brown would create. We
1: already have Bruce then. Brown. His name is Josh Hart.
3: Thank you. Yeah, but if you get, Thank but if you, you. But, but but Brown could do some point, some pick and roll, some pick and roll work, and then you have Burks' shooting. So, but I, you, you see or I could just
1: get Alec Burks. <laughs> like, why do I need to have Bruce Brown with Alec Burks? Like, like, but so I understand. Well, it, because Burks can't run point. We saw we saw Berks Bruce try to run point. Brown. And poorly. No, neither can Bruce. Yes, he can he
3: can do a little He can do a little bit.
1: But <laughs> what I'm saying is and Andrew brought this up on the Fred Katz pod. Running like Bruce Brown with our current bench lineup. Pick and roll does not matter when I know neither guy. I can go under screen, and I can sag off the roll, and I can and I can sag off the roll, man. Because no one can shoot. Like how are they scoring? Like the thing is, what Bruce Brown brings is defense. The bench unit doesn't need defense. The bench unit needs to score. And when it comes to Alec Burks for me to bring out I'm not bringing Alec Burks to play 35 minutes a night at point guard. I'm bringing him in onto on the bench for bench lineups where I can say all right, I need 3 to 5 minutes of someone who can run offense against backup units.
3: Brown also has the more amenable contract. So, first of all the fit like the fit wouldn't be wouldn't with Brown and Burks wouldn't be terrible and Brown has the more amenable contract so you can move him
1: this summer if you need to. So yes, that was the other reason why I understand that Bruce Brown, that Bruce Brown talks and 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 for the record like any any trade that's on the table any any no any players that you've heard in discussions with the, that that the Knicks are linked to is all people who have money this year and next year and then that's it. So I understand that. My thing is are we willing to, we all remember, we all remember um, last year, last year's playoff series, game six, where. Please don't remind Benson me of You know, Robert, you know, you can't, it, everything can't always be peaches and cream. You have to talk about the losses are just the most important is the wins. Even a wise man once said, like, losing is, like, failure is a part of life. That wise man was Michael. Jordan. Yeah, I've been a what Knicks I'm fan is, for
2: fifty years.
1: That's also true. I mean, I've been <laughs> one for thirty, so I, I've seen my fair, fair, fair share <laughs> garbage. But what I would say is those three minutes where we had no jail and no Julius, and it was Deuce running the show, and we just got blitzed, and then that came, and we lost the game by how much? Two, three points? So the last thing like if we end up with a all bench line on Bruce Brown, everyone's like, oh, none of these guys can score. Hi, er- Eric and then they sit into a zone, or whatever, and then we lose a playoff series, we're gonna look at that. So like, am I willing to take that see? Now I'm because I don't necessarily think in championship a bust this year, if acquiring Bruce Brown helps us as a salary, as, as helps us acquire puts us in a position to acquire a better player that really gets us in that championship tier next year cool otherwise i'm cooling bruce brown and i would actually love to get mensa's thoughts on this the bruce brown trade the heat the heat game where we are um uh the jewish injury whatever you like so mensa my co-host good morning and welcome to the show
5: hey Rob. Hey, how we doing guys I just wanted to jump in really quickly and just give, I guess, a couple of thoughts. Um, first thing I want to say is that do not let anybody for the rest of the season tell you that Jalen Brunson is not a superstar. Jalen Brunson offensively, well, by EPM, Jalen Brunson has crossed into the top 10 in estimated wins added. So I don't know if you are adding some of the most wins in the game of basketball today. You are a superstar. The defense has come a long way. I think last year he was 7th percentile. Now he's in like the 47th percentile, 98th percentile offensive EPM. That is absolutely superstar impact. Jalen Brunson is a superstar. And we saw that, and we, we've been seeing that a lot recently where a lot of games have been decided by the Knicks have Jalen Brunson and the other team does not have Jalen Brunson. So that's really been comforting just to know that the Knicks got a guy that we literally have prayed for all of our lives. You know, we we didn't get LeBron. We didn't get KD. You know, we had Melo for a little bit, but Jalen Brunson is the real deal, official tissue, 100% a superstar. So I just wanted to come in and say that really fast. Uh, heat game, I was afraid of the Miami Heat, not because of anything they've done during the season, but because whenever they play the New York Knicks, they turn into like different throwback superstar legends of the playoffs. Like, I was afraid that Jaime Jaquez returning to Hito Turkoglu and that we just saw last year Gabe Vincent turning to Fred Van Vliet. It's very weird what happens with the Miami Heat versus the New York Knicks, but all that shit went to sleep last night because the Knicks put them in their place. The Miami Heat by Pythagorean wins. I think they're supposed to be like 21 and 25. They're not supposed to be a 500 team. They've kind of like Miami Heat mumbo-jumbo their way into a seven seed. They're not that good, and I can finally believe they're not that good because we beat the pants off of them. It was not really a game. They made it close for a little bit in the third quarter, and then Jalen Brunson did what Jalen Brunson does. So very happy to beat the Miami Heat. We're always happy to beat the Miami Heat, and I will never not be happy to beat the Miami Heat. And let's get into the Julius Randle of it all, where we got a guy who is going down for at minimum a month at this point with the shoulder dislocation. I am somebody who has torn his labrum in the past. I had a torn labrum and a torn rotator cuff in my left shoulder. And when I saw Julius Randle grab his shoulder, I was like, oh, I know that pain. Um, so I'm hoping that the MRI does not come back with a torn labrum or anything like that. Because while I believe Carmelo Anthony did play through a torn labrum in the playoffs. I also don't want Julius Randall to have a torn labrum because of the long-term effects that has, like I'm still recovering from that. Of course, I don't have access to the healthcare that Julius Randall has access
3: to, but it is a bitch. And I don't want that. for him. And that's a uh, Dominic Smith played through a torn labrum and it ruined his career. Well, there you go. In 2020, it's not what you want. 2021, Excuse me. 2021. Mm-hmm.
5: So, um, yeah, we just don't want, we don't want that guy to have a torn labrum. Um, even if he gets the surgery, I, I just don't want that for him. Um, really want Julius Randle to come back healthy. But if he doesn't, the New York Knicks are still in a good place because for a little while there, I've been feeling like while Julius Randle is excellent and what he does is very important, I'd been feeling for a little while like Julius Randle was becoming like the fourth or fifth most, Im- most impactful um, starter on the team just because what DiVincenzo does. Like, I just want you to like think about Dante DiVincenzo right now, I haven't checked the stats recently, but when I last checked, which was before the Heat game, he had an 88th percentile offensive EPM. That's how impactful he's been. There are not many guys in the NBA who can have an 88th percentile offensive EPM working strictly out of the catch and shoot. Dante DiVincenzo does not create. Dante DiVincenzo does not run pick and roll. He does not run isolations. He catches the ball, and from there, he makes his decision. He either shoots, he drives, or he passes. And he, that is a very simple role, but it's a difficult role to do because R.J. Barrett could not do that in, for the New York Knicks, and not, and that's not a disparaging for R.J. Barrett. I want to be very clear. Everybody knows that's my guy, but he's not as impactful in the role that DiVincenzo is, is doing, right? He's been very important for the New York Knicks as a floor spacer. OG Ananobi, I don't have to talk about how, impar- how important OG Ananobi is. Isaiah Hartenstein, since he's become the starter, has been the most impactful defender in basketball, right? And then, of course Juliet- and then, of course, Jalen Brunson is Jalen Brunson. If Hartenstein is healthy, if Brunson is healthy, if DiVincenzo is healthy, and if Ananobi is healthy, and I will find the biggest piece of wood to knock on in another second, if those guys are healthy, the Knicks are going to be okay. Julius Randle is a top 100 player in basketball. He's closer to top 60. Losing him for a month is going to suck, but... The other guys that we have are going to help us stay afloat. And I do think, Kevin, I want to give you credit. I think you did point out that the New York Knicks with Julius Randle off the floor, but with um, Brunson and Ananobi on the floor, something crazy like a plus 40. So I'm not quite worried about losing Julius Randle for a month. What I am worried about is the stress that it's going to put on a guy like OG Ananobi and on a guy like um, Josh Hart. The, the positive is that Quentin Grimes is going to have to play more minutes, and I'm very excited about that. I'm um, really happy to see uh, the way Quentin Grimes has been playing recently. But I think now, and I've honestly felt like this for a little while, the most important thing for the Knicks to do is go out and get a third forward. Who can create instead of getting a third guard? Who can create just because we still have that gluttony of guards right now. We still have... Um, to me, you can get away with your four guards at this moment being... Um, Jalen Brunson, Dante DiVincenzo, Quentin Grimes, and Miles McBride. I think you can get away with that, especially with the minutes low that Brunson is going to get in the playoffs. Right now, you can give Deuce McBride about 12 minutes a game. You're okay with that. You can give um, Quentin Grimes anywhere between 20 and 28 minutes a game. You're okay with that. Um, If you bring in a third guard, like a Brogdon or Bruce Brown, and Quentin Grimes is going out, first of all, I don't think – I don't think that Bruce Brown or Malcolm Brogdon is worth Quentin Grimes in a trade. I think that would be very dumb for the Knicks to do. So if you're bringing those guys in and you're keeping Quentin Grimes, now you have a fifth guard. You're you're back in the place where you were at the beginning of the season where you had um, – You had Quickly, you had Grimes, you had DiVincenzo, you had Hart, and you had Brunson, but now you're doing it with worse players. It's not—I would not advise that. I think a third forward is a lot more helpful, especially because with Julius Randle recovering from the shoulder injury, chances are he's not going to be able to play that 40, 38, 36 minutes a night. You're probably going to want to ease him into that. And then OG Ananobi, I— just don't want to see that guy playing 43 minutes a night in the month of March. It would make me very annoyed. So I think if you go out and you get a third forward, the one guy that I have my eyes Jeremy on Jeremy grant is Jeremy grants a good one, but he's clutch and he has a really large contract. I'm not sure if the Knicks want to take that on. And then on top of that, all of the the picks you're going to need to get a guy like Jeremy grant, because they're not about to sell him for cheap. The one that I have my eyes on is Boyan Bogdanovic. Bogdanovich. The problem with Bogdanovich is he is a really, really poor defender this season. I think third percentile EPM, uh, defensive EPM. But you can kind of get away with him in the starting... Well, not in the starting lineup. You can't get away with him in the starting lineup. You can probably get away with him in your second unit because you you have a guy like a Josh Hart. You have a guy like a Quentin Grimes. You have... Um, when Mitchell Robinson is back in the playoffs, you have Mitchell Robinson, you have a Precious Achua, you have a good defensive second unit. Yes, and then you also have Deuce, of course. You can get away with, you can hide him the same way the starting lineup is kind of hiding Jalen Brunson, who has been a better defender this year. Don't get me wrong, but he you still have to hide him on the starting lineup. You can get away with it, right? For 24 minutes a night or whatever it is. And then when, you all your guys are back, you still have him to bolster your start. you still have him to bolster your your bench, and he can play with Jalen Brunson because he is not a guard. Right. So that's the guy I kind of have my eyes on. And I don't think it will it'll cost you some first. Maybe it'll cost you two protected first. Maybe it'll cost you the Knicks first this year. And maybe, I don't know, the Washington first or you give Detroit their first round pick back and Evan Fournier, but if you can hold on to Grimes and you can run a second unit of Deuce McBride, Quentin Grimes, Boyan Bogdanovich, Josh Hart, and Precious Achua until Mitchell Robinson comes back, I'm quite okay with that because it doesn't get in the way of the development of our young players, our good young guards, and it kind of just it takes away from the brunt of the load that a guy like OG Ananobi and Julius Randle, guys like that are going to have to carry. I don't think their loads are sustainable, especially not OG Ananobi. He, before he came, when he first got to the Knicks, he didn't have any gear on. He had his arms free. He had his legs free. Now it's January 28th. Yesterday he has an elbow band on and I'm watching him on the sideline and he has a giant wrap around his elbow. And I'm like, please, I don't want this guy to break down. We're about to pay him $150 million. We need a third forward. I would argue that a third forward is more necessary at this moment than a third guard creator. Just because I trust Grimes and I trust Deuce to do enough defensively, that you can bolster what you have uh, at a forward in Boyan Bogdanovich, who's been a good basketball player, who's played a lot of um played for a lot of good teams in Utah, played for some good teams in Indiana, I believe. Um, so I would that's the guy that I'm looking at right now
2: is Boyan Bogdanovich. And man, <clears throat> if we don't make any of these moves. We don't know. Do you expect to see Jacob Toppin at all? Or do you expect <laughs> no. to see Fournier to play at all? No,
5: not at all. I think Fournier has enough respect from from uh, Tom Thibodeau that he does not play. He like Tom Thibodeau doesn't even put Fournier in for like bench scrub minutes. He will only play.
1: Yeah, he doesn't play. He doesn't play garbage. He so.
5: will only play him like if there is an absolute need. And I like he's just not. Every time Evan Fournier comes in the game, he's playing for himself. He's not playing for the Knicks. He's just chucking shots up. And God bless him. I'm not angry at it. But I don't think that the New York Knicks are going to be looking to give Evan Fournier any time because... Honestly, you could point to the benching of Evan Fournier as like the flip that switched in New York because we were kind of teetering below 500. Then we benched him and then we wanted a 50 win pace. And now the Knicks right now, since OG Ananobi has come, are winning. They're winning at like a 60. It's crazy. It's like a 69 win pace or something insane like that. So I don't think that Evan Fournier will see any minutes.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Just go to indeed.com slash Blue Wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's indeed.com slash Bluewire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need indeed.
3: Rob does bring up a good question though. Um, in the short term, if we don't make a trade in the next uh, over the next day or so. Um, who do you, do you think Tibbs is going to go run an eight man rotation? Do you Probably. Think, who do you think will be that? It'll be man? an
5: eight man rotation.
3: I'm sorry, yeah. guys. There will be that. no
5: 48 minutes.
3: <clears throat> I think, I hope not. I hope not 48 I minutes. I mean, either. in the short <laughs> term,
2: if that's the thing, the guy who's got to step up is Quentin Grimes. And I, I
3: mean, think he's happy
2: to do it. I think so.
5: He's been playing great. Yep. And if you're giving him what? because Josh Hart can no longer play with, with the loss of Julius Randall. You're not going to see Josh Hart at the two anymore because he just has to play. He's going to start at the three. Oh, Jan will start at the four and he's just going to get all his minutes at the three and the four. So if DiVincenzo is a 20 to 25 minute a night guy, you're looking at another, what? 23 minutes for Quentin Grimes. And I think he'll play well in those minutes. I'm actually really excited to see the Knicks with more Quentin Grimes minutes because he's still a great defender, And the more you play a guy like Quentin Grimes, I feel like the more he will get back to his old self, the old excellent finisher at the rim. Um, I think he was finishing like 70 percent at the rim last year. It was crazy how good this guy was to see where he to see him fall off the way he fell off um, was kind of disparaging. And the last thing I want to say about Quentin Grimes, I felt like. He was playing better without Julius Randle on the court. I don't know if I, yeah. I haven't looked into the data, I haven't looked into the number, but now you're gonna see a guy like Quentin Grimes get in the game with a player like um with without a player like Julius Randle is what I should say. And I think that we should we should be looking forward to see what Quentin Grimes does with a little more um
2: responsibility with the ball in his hands. You know, men's I just gotta say you made a really good point about the forward position. I think that that's accurate. So that's a good. I really like that take. Thank you. Okay, I think Sean has
5: stepped
1: away. No, I'm here. I, I'm here. Um, Sean's I, uh, mind is on the football. My my mind. I'll tell you. I'll, I'll give you guys. I give you guys a peek behind the curtain. No, I can't find it, buddy. I'll give you guys a peek behind the curtain. So um, I, we have to work done in our family room, and we have to remount our TV. And that's what I was doing this morning. And I got the mount on the wall. And then I realized that, you know, the thing that you have to attach to the back of the TV then to hang it on the wall? That's missing. So I'm just trying to find that. And that's just annoying. Um, I'm going to read... Some of the chats, and then we'll get to Robert Silverman, um, who's been patiently waiting. And I appreciate it. So, first, we have Lee says, Actually, I'll read the comments first, then we'll go to the question. Um, Max Marin says, Take both of my broken shoulders. Uh, <laughs> I don't, we, Max, we thank you for your service, but I, <laughs> we, you need, it sounds like, you, I think you need your shoulders more than he does. Um, Nazir Noel says, stop the Bruce Brown talk. We needed another big wing and a backup five. Um, you know, Precious Achua has as my son is playing with uh, things he should not be playing with. I'll take that, thank you. Um, Precious Achua, after, you know, the first couple games were, were Rocky, but it seems like he's he's acquitting himself nicely. Now, obviously that may be a different animal when the playoffs come around, but but um well, but you know, we'll see. Um and then the question is from Lee: Is assuming the very worst, uh, how much do you think this Randall industry changed our, our trade deadline strategy? Do we get more aggressive, less aggressive? Do we try to or just try to make do with what we have? I think we'll try to make do with what we have. I don't think we're going to trade for somebody that um, to fill Julius for, for, to fill Julius Randall's role. Hold on, Zach. I'm talking. Come here, come here, buddy. Come here, come here, come here. Shh. come here. Give me one minute, okay. okay? I don't think we'd make a trade for um, anyone who fills Julius Randall's shoes because that player isn't available. And if that player were available, it's not like Julius Randall's out for the year. So I think we're just gonna survive what we have until the All Star break. Um, now I will go to Robert Silverman. Robert, the floor is yours. Robert, are, are you there, Mr. Silverman? The
4: other two pieces.
1: Yes, back. can you hear me now? Yes, we right. do. Uh,
6: thanks for having me this morning, guys. And that's some A plus dadding right there while hosting the chat. I got to give you respect for that. Um, here's a name that I started thinking about, um, and I don't think he's been mentioned any trade rumors. I haven't seen any of the beat guys uh, or the national guys talk about him as a trade target to the Knicks. But this is who I would be looking at: PJ Washington from the Charlotte Hornets. He's got another two years left after this on a very reasonable contract. I think it's like 14 million per. But he can come in and he can not only play, take up some of Julius Randle's minutes, but he is a versatile, switchable defender. And if <laughs> Tim's were ever so inclined, you can even play him as a stretch five for against the right matchups. And I think you could get him for a second and Fournier's contract and call it a day. And that way you don't give up the last young trade chip you have in Quentin Grimes or just, you know, I don't know, crazy idea, keep Quentin Grimes. And but you you do have another big to throw against larger teams. He has floor spacing. He can do he has a little wiggle from the post, but the most important thing to me is that he is well not a great defensive player. He is a switchable defensive player who can, if they, if he gets trapped on an island with a fast swing, he can hold his own. If he has to deal with a guy in the post, he can also hold his own. And uh, like I said, I think you know Charlotte is absolutely raising the bottom of the barrel of the NBA. And they, I, I don't think they should ask more for a Player who's not even in their long term plans. So that would be my call. The other call that I would be trying to, I I would be hoping happens, and this is not, there's no guarantee, is Gordon Hayward, who, if Charlotte can't find a trade partner, which is tricky because he's on a $30 million expiring, he could be your backup point guard. He could run the offense for your second year. And, yeah, he's a way of ways off before all the devastating leg injuries that happened to Gordon Hayward. Um, and uh, my, he does have my favorite uh, unofficial nickname in the NBA, though. That's Fort Chandler Parsons. And if you want to Google that and look that up, you can figure out the etymology of that. But that would be the guys I would look at. I would start scavenging off the dregs of Charlotte's roster because I think there's some talent to be mine there.
1: Anyway, thanks for having me, guys. Love to hear what you think. Thank you, Robert. Um, uh, so, in terms of, and then I'll answer. It, I'll throw to, I'll throw the Mensa, and then if Robert wants to chime, in, he can. Um, so, in terms of PJ Washington, he has money that goes past next season. So, I think that's why there have been, even though I do think he will be a good fit as a backup as a backup power forward. He, everyone, the overall majority of players that they're looking at are people who have money. That for this year and next year, nothing past next year to use in a possible trade this summer. Um, and the only other players, the only players I've heard that they're that that have money going past next season that they've been interested in Dejounte Murray because his number on its own is really good for trading. Um, Gordon Hayward, I am not against, especially if he gets bought out. Um, especially if he gets bought out or if he gets. Um, yeah, especially if he gets bought out. I'm not giving him anything for Gordon Hayward. Yeah, so. no, no, no. They, they um, wouldn't
6: be able to trade for him
1: anyway. Gordon,
6: there's no way yeah. to pull it off. Even if you put, like, Fournier and uh, all of the smaller contracts that Knicks have, they can't match salary in order to trade for him. Mm-hmm. So, the only way to get yeah. Hayward is as a buyout guy.
1: Yeah, so I wouldn't be against Gordon Hayward. Like you said, coming off the bench, playing some spot minutes, you know, some ball, handling the ball a little bit. Um and then he obviously, like you said, he's an ex- he well he'll be expiring anyway because we'd get him on the buyout market, um, and then you know we'll see. So Mensa, your thoughts on P.J. Washington and/or Gordon Hayward?
5: I love them both. Um, from a basketball perspective, I love the fit for both the guys. Um, especially because you're not asking them to be a starter. you're asking them to come off the bench in a reserve role. Um, so I wouldn't be against either. I do think that the thing the problem with pJ Washington isn't necessarily that his contract extends past um, 2025. It's that it's like 14 it's a descending deal last I checked and I think he's making like 15 million and then 14 million that is a little more difficult for the Knicks to put in a trade just because, So, I mean, the way we have to look at it is can the Knicks put three or four guys together to get up to about $50 million? in salary, right? So if you're throwing Mitchell Robinson into a trade with PJ Washington, that gets you around 30 million. You still have to make up 20 million more dollars in salary. So it's a little more difficult with a guy like that. The Knicks are more looking, and this is just from listening to Jeremy Cohen. Uh, the Knicks are more looking for a guy, but in that like 23 to like $25 million range, which is why Malcolm Brogdon would be perfect to acquire. Um, And a guy like Jordan Clarkson or a guy like PJ Washington is a little less than ideal. Personally, I don't think the Knicks are in a position. This is just my personal opinion. I don't think the Knicks are in a position to worry about the star trade when your team right now today is so good. You can be going for it today. If you make the right move, you can find yourself in a conference finals. Right. The New York Knicks right now are three games behind the Milwaukee Bucks. And the Milwaukee Bucks have the second toughest schedule in the NBA going forward. If you told me that the Knicks could acquire the right guy and end up with the two seed and host two playoff series this year and then end up playing Boston in the conference finals, then that's something that I'm signing up for every day. And I understand that, you know, you want to go for the you want to go for the um the the superstar. You want to go for an MB, but MB doesn't play in Denver. And if the New York Knicks make it to the championship and they play against the Denver Nuggets, what are we going to do? if our best player can't play at altitude, you know? Um, so it's just something that I think the Knicks should be, would be wise to go after a PJ Washington. I think they'd be wise to go after a Boyan Bogdanovich, um, even a uh, waiver wire signing like Gordon Hayward. But I don't think that you don't do anything to compromise the future, but you also should not be putting the future so far ahead of what we have going on today that you don't go for it. I think the Knicks are in a position to go for it this year and see where the chips fall immense, <clears throat> hey, you're cooking,
2: man. Yeah, thank you.: What do you want?
1: Mr. Cross? <clears throat> your thoughts?
2: I think we're close. I kind of I mean I, I agree. like we, can't, we don't know we don't know the Julius story. Um, and you brought up somebody made a mistake. I think it was you, Sean, to bring it up the 97 team. but that's that's kind of case in point. When you're close, and the Knicks are close. We, you, may, you make a move If it's out there Because you don't, we don't know what the future is going to be And I think that You know again <clears throat> we're, we're dealing with this Potential issue But if, Ju- if Julius comes If Julius is healthy In time for the playoffs If he's healthy in time for the playoffs I think the Knicks are a title contender That's just how I feel about it
1: Listen, I, and to, to piggyback on that point, Robert, one of, I want to see this team. I want to see this team in the playoffs with a healthy Julius Randle, hmm. not surrounded by Elfred Payton and Reggie Bullock. Right. I, because I, I, for all the people to say Julius Randle sucks in the playoffs, or the people, oh, who they like, shut him down. Who people that that
7: and that's the, the, all the
1: people who said that, um, yeah, and the, Mitch all wasn't All the people there. who said, yeah. And all the people who said um, that the Knicks will rue the day they chose Randall over R.J. and you'll see, not you'll see, and it's like okay, whatever, like because he's bad in the playoffs. I'm like, I want to see. And to the people who completely dismissed the fact that the dude, like a dude who relies on his strength to get to his spots on the court not be able to on a ankle had an ankle so bad that he had surgery after the playoffs ended and couldn't was like on crutches for six weeks to act like that that had absolutely like that played no role in his performance last year in the playoffs is just ridiculous and I want to see before I write the book on him I want to see him healthy with a surrounded by a competent cast of characters who won't Turn into pumpkins in the place. So, um, and 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 shout out to Chet Parikh Parik who 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 commented Hayward from Biomarket's temporary rental replacement. Now, of course, that would require uh the the Charlotte Hornets to buy him out. And while it looks like the Hornets are finally trying to do things that actually make sense instead of like trying to get a trying to get the seventh seed, um, let's see what happens if they. I mean what if some team gives up anything for him? Like can you get it? But then again with his salary, I don't even think that's possible. Yeah. Duh. Listen, if they cut him if they cut if they if they buy him out, which will probably be after the trade deadline, so that's the thing, it'll probably be after the trade deadline, and hopefully Jules will be back by after the trade deadline. Um but I'll say this, if we don't have it, like to like knock on wood, but like if I sell Warren fears and Julius right now has a torn labrum, <sighs> That's not a future I wanna Want to um, entertain,
2: Shauna? I'm I'm just thinking about it a bit. Just like going through in my mind, I don't know what it would take to get Bogey here. Boyan Bogdanovich from Detroit, and my I see my favorite analytic XJ is in the crowd here because I don't know what the I don't know what the defense looks like that, but in in my mind's eye, you know, having Bogey. Di Vincenzo, that's—I mean—that's cooking. That's like—I think that's really cooking.
1: So, from a basketball sense, and we'll probably—we're gonna wrap up in the next minute or two because again, it is Championship Sunday, and I have things to prepare for. From a basketball standpoint, that makes sense. It's the contracts. Um, <clears throat> no, it's, he's 34 years old, uh, and let me actually—I'm actually, I'm actually <laughs> gonna look at it. I'm actually gonna look at his. Uh, but we already right established,
2: now, but, Sean, the next title contenders. Now, establish that.
1: I, I just can't get there. I'm sorry, I can't get there. Like, I, it, it's just that I, I have seen, you know. And again, I'm gonna plug the pregame sh- pod that Andrew did with Jean Giancarlo Navas, and Jean Giancarlo brought up a point that Bomani Jones had made about how. Chris Paul is arguably the greatest point guard of his generation, and first battle Hall of fame, all that stuff, good stuff. And we've never seen him win a championship. He's like, maybe, maybe we need to ask the question that maybe a six foot guy with the ball in his hands constantly in crunch time makes it, makes it like it's really hard. Like you listen, you see the beating that he takes, that that um Brunson takes now, and trying working so hard to get his points. Like it's just really, really hard and that's why Julius is so vital to this team and that's why if Julius had if we if Julius had bothered to show up in Miami game 6 we have game 7 in the, we have game 7 in, in the garden mensa um,
2: mensa <clears throat> if we get bogey the next title contender with boy oh I
5: just
1: Detroit, Detroit, Detroit Bogdanovich. Yeah. Back. Okay.
5: Yeah. With Boyan Bogdanovich, I think the New York Knicks are a contender. I, I just think that because he gives you a different look that you can throw into your second unit where not only because right now the second unit is just giving you bucket after bucket. Oh, not giving you bucket. They're just stopping you. They're, they're throwing Quentin Grimes and Deuce McBride out there. They're throwing OG Ananobi and Josh Hart out there and whoever your center du jour is. I think that if you, in the playoffs, if your bench looks like Grimes, Hart, um, Boyan, and um, and Mitchell Robinson, my goodness, you are cooking with gas. And, it can, and I guess you have to give Deuce McBride a spot minute here too. I think he won't be in the playoff rotation, which is why I understand why people want us to get... A third guard, but I just think that with Boyan Bogdanovich, give you you're you're adding a 20 point per game scorer off the bench, and he is a type of player that doesn't really hold onto the ball. He's not a ball dominant guy. He'll he won't get into the way, like the flow of things. Cause I think one of the things that we had that was working really well was in early season, was the bench unit with Quick and RJ because the ball didn't stick with that bench unit, and I kind of want to get back to that. And I know Quentin Grimes, the ball's not going to stick with him. It's not going to stick with Deuce. It won't stick with Boyan, um, and it won't stick with Josh Hart. So I think that if you get a healthy Julius and you have Boyan Bogdanovich, I think this team can get to a conference finals. And once you're in a conference finals, anything goes. You can't tell me that I'm not a title contender if I made it to the final four.
2: That's right.
1: That's fair. Like if you're like if you're one of the last four teams, you people can say you're a title contender, Unless you're the Miami Heat and you're eight seed, everyone knows that you got there by sheer luck. But I digress. <laughs> All right, it is twelve oh one Eastern. Thank you, um, for thank you Robert Cross, thank you Robert Silverman, thank you Kevin Danishevsky, thank you to my co-host Mensa Smith, um, for joining us on Study Hall this Sunday morning. Um, hopefully we'll get. Hopefully we'll get news about uh, Julius's MRI today, and hopefully it's the best news possible. Um, be sure to check us out on KFS, the Knicks Film School Podcast <clears throat> Network, uh, all this week. You know, I know John and Jeremy will be recording tonight for tomorrow for the annual Monday pod. Um, unfortunately, the Knicks the Knicks play every Thursday until the end of time, so there will be not be a casual. There will not be a casual Friday pod, but there will be a watch alone most likely against the Indiana Pacers. So I get to watch and hate on Halliburton in, 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 in 4k. Um, and also remember this Saturday, we have the KFS watch party at T squared social. Um, the bar looks amazing. I need to stop by there one of these days. Um, so if you're in the New York area, you want to watch us play the Los Angeles Lakers and put them in a spliff again. Um, Definitely come through. Absolutely come through. Um, and that's all we got. So, for <clears throat> Smith and Robert Cross and Robert Silverman and Kevin Daniszewski, my name is Sean of the W. Thank you for listening. Good luck. To- Nick Nation, let's ride.
2: <laughs>
7: the headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine. Stop noticing. But you know better